So episode number six of the podcast is uh, one I'm super excited about, mostly because I think I early on texted you like a long time ago to be on my podcast because you're the first person that came to mind when when I think of like legit collaborations that Thirst have done, like no question, some of the most proud of ones I'm most proud of are the ones that I've been able to do with you. So before anything, I want to, and it's been like a long time since we started working together. So more than anything, I want to say thank you so much because Olivia, uh, she'll tell her, she'll tell her story a little bit, but she's, uh, she's an entrepreneur to say no less. She runs a food blog called Utah Grubs. She also has a personal blog and she's been supporting thirst for a since the beginning, I think I literally, got yeah, years. Year I know we, we should look back and see. But it was, I, I think it was while I was pregnant with Penny, and now she's like two and a half. So yeah, it's been a long time. Well, yeah, because you taught or first Grubs Fest is when yeah. you were pregnant with Penny. Yeah. Um, so doesn't need much introduction in Salt Lake, but Olivia, we give us a little bit of a rundown of what you're up to and uh, what, what you're known for. Of course. So I. Born and raised in Salt Lake City, lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, went away a couple years for college, but now just live in Mill Creek. So obviously, I'm so excited about this thirst location being literally two miles from and my house. And you're also one of the first people I texted. I was like, "Hey, I'm uh, looking at this please, spot." Please, please, <laughs> it's like my dream come true. I used to drive. It was like part of our routine, though, when we would drive to your other locations. So it was good. We would still go every day. But uh, yeah, I started a food Instagram account called Utah Grubs. Oh, what year? T- 2014. Um, and it's fun. It's always been a side hustle. It's never been anything full time, but it's something, it's the best side hustle I think anyone could ever have because right. you get to eat a ton of good food and support of a, a wide range of a lot of good local restaurants. Um, and we also work full time and have two kids. So it's, it's definitely a side thing, but it's something that we love and are truly passionate okay. about. Okay. Well, I've just like whoever's listening probably has a million questions. I want to open up those questions about Utah Grubs, how you've grown it, kind of strategies and influencer marketing in general. But before that, I just have to ask you, like, do you feel like an entrepreneur? Because the way that you're, you know, pioneering the things you're doing in influencer marketing and just small business marketing in general, to me, feels exactly like entrepreneurship. Do you, I'm just curious. Do you feel like you have that itch? Totally. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I actually consult a lot of, throughout the years. I've consulted a lot of companies who are entrepreneurs because you online. do design too right for i do a little bit i do marketing yeah. more for like my full-time job it's in marketing um but i consult a lot of businesses on how to get started how to run it and so everyone's like okay when are you going to do your own thing like you're consulting all these companies like how to run their social how to how to run their company but you haven't started your own thing yet but i i don't know i i feel like an entrepreneur i just have i don't own a company i get it yet i guess um well one of the things, the reason I say that is because I think if you did own a company, you would be marketing it properly and putting your energy and dollars in the right place. That's one of the things I feel like is almost like my responsibility as an entrepreneur is make every penny act like a dollar. So go out and find, go in, out and find all the ways to do marketing and then triple down on the ones that not only work the best, but are the cheapest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> and from the very beginning, you know, Influencer marketing is kind of, it's kind of like becoming what it is still, don't you feel like? And as far as what it's worth and um, what, what exactly it is and what platforms are it on, what do you, um, 
what are your hot takes on what influencer marketing, how, how that market is right now, and what's going on with it? Like, yeah. is it? Because to me, it's no question the most powerful and best bang for your buck marketing there is on the market right now. And I think you're one of the only people that's doing it as well as it could go. I think it's such an untapped market. And I do feel like influencers, the term influencer, like I personally can't even stand it, but like that's what it is. Like you're influencing other people on purchasing things and supporting other things. But I do feel like influencer like collaborations and influencer marketing kind of just a lot of people don't even know how to even go about it. And right. they don't even know the type of ROIs that they could be getting yeah. by working with influencers. And I think maybe that comes down to like the reputation that influencers have. Like Jensen, my little brother who helps with Thirst TikTok, he showed me a TikTok the other day and it's like a food Instagrammer at a restaurant and she gets her bill and like she, the waiter comes up. I don't know if you've seen it, but she's like, I don't know if you know, but like I'm a food blogger. like. I took pictures of your food. Like, I'm not paying for this. You know, and they're kind of making fun of. And I think a lot of people think of that. When they think of Instagrammers and bloggers and things like that, they think of like, oh, this entitled persona and I don't want to work with them. Where if you find the right people that represent your brand in a good way and there's a good natural brand fit and you see that ROI, oh, it can make such a big impact. Do you think it's just because social media now is... So now it's the norm and everyone does it, but at one time maybe it was just for those. Yeah, yes, yes, like that persona, totally. And I do feel like, I don't know, I do feel like that persona isn't totally far off. I do think that there's people that have a couple thousand followers and go around demanding free things and that help, and that's not helping like the reputation. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, Um, so, and then I always wonder too, like, is it that business owners don't know it's so powerful or they don't know of it you know it's, it's got to be both because you've probably you probably have some horrible stories of companies like that you have been able to work with and they don't realize the value that's sitting in front of their face yes and, and they don't know how to go about it right like um and yeah i think a lot of people a don't even know about it in the first place and then if they do, they don't know how to go about it correctly. And I think the first one, it falls on like a lot of education that needs to happen on like people like you educating other business owners and other entrepreneurs that it is worth looking into. Yeah, the way I actually, the way I actually have talked previously about influencer marketing versus, uh, because a lot of, one thing I think business owners waste their money on sometimes is paid ads on the platforms that influencers are on. Paid ads on Instagram and Facebook, I'm a huge, I vouch for them huge if they're done right. But a lot of the times a lazy way of marketing as I say it is like just to boost a post. You know, everyone knows if you have, you, there's all, almost always a button all over your post where Facebook and Instagram wants you to pay more to push more reach. And unless done thoughtfully, I think it's almost kind of a waste of money. Like it can be done right and you can get targeting and goals and conversions and everything that you can. And, and we do that, especially for like for our catering and yeah. things. But if you've got 500 bucks to spend, um, no question, is it going best to you know the local person in your community that has a lot of reach? The example that I was going to start off by giving an example of is, say you're going through your Instagram feed and you're scrolling like you know medium average pace. Most of the time, when you see a sp- the sponsored, you go like double as fast. You scroll right past it. On the contrary, if you see your favorite blogger or you know my favorite entrepreneur or your favorite 
designer or your favorite foodie, you usually slow down to half the speed of even just your normal pace. So that means the attention is more than double of not only your normal feed, but then also, of course, a sponsored post that you're paying. And honestly, a lot of the times, it's cheaper to get the influencer post than it is to run those ads everywhere to get that much reach. So the point is, it works better, and it's usually cheaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think another thing for people to think about if they are going into it for their first time and haven't done it is finding those right influencers. Because I think you can find the ones where I was talking to a company that we've worked with collaborations before, and I was kind of picking his brain before this interview, kind of hearing about how his experience was working with us because he doesn't do food. He does window washing, and we've we've done a couple sponsored posts together. And he said the other bloggers have reached out, and it does nothing happens. And it's like because their demographic is maybe if you have a local business that's doing local things on local homes, you probably need to find just Utah-based followers. Um, maybe they don't have as many followers as the person that wants to work together, but I think it's finding the right influencers for your brand. Right. If you're a nationwide brand, sure, go after, you know, go, go for the following and for the engagement and obviously make sure they didn't purchase their followers, but find those right influencers too. Right, because let there be no mistake, there are people that purchase those followers and, you know, because one thing that bothers me, because I know that there are a lot of, you know, fake influencers that probably ch charge naive business owners a lot of money and kind of screws over the real market of real influencers how how can i have my take but how can you how would you recommend like a small business owner someone looking to potentially hire an influencer how can they vet that to actually know that it's going to be worth their money i would obviously first look at the engagement so <laughs> it drives me insane i don't know why but when people are getting like 200 likes and they have like even 50k and above, I am like just boggled. Like where, Something's going how on. are all of these people really not engaging with this post? So I mean, there's simple kind of metrics to look at and there's kind of algorithms that you can look at and take their followers and divide them by the amount of likes they're getting and find this number of being like, this is not real. Like these people aren't real. So there's that on authentic factor right there of like, did they buy their followers? Cause that to me is like, stay away. I think that that, I don't know. I think it says a lot about kind of who they are as a person. If they're feeling like they need to do that. Do yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is just, I think how they carry themselves too, because you want them, when you work together with the brand, they're representing your brand and they're representing you. So see, see if you feel like they are someone that you would want to go to lunch with, or you'd want to get to know, like those are the people that you want representing yeah. your brand. So that, I think those are the kind of two factors. How, how about affiliates? How have you done a lot of affiliate, like kind of collaborations? Because and what I mean, what I'm meaning is like, if I had, you know, a t-shirt company and Utah Grubs did a swipe up on their Instagram story or a post and got X percent of all those sales, it seems initially like possibly a safer way uh, as the business owner. But how is that received from your end? And like, is it good value for you too? Yeah. So for any business owners out there that don't normally know how collaborations usually work. Usually sometimes there's two different ways basically. There's one that's kind of an upfront cost. Like I'll pay you X, X amount for this and this and it's like great. Then there's the affiliate way where I am seeing so many more companies going the affiliate way. They're not even doing any upfront cost. It is like here is my product, sell it and it's going better because these influencers are thinking to themselves, the more I promote this product, the more I get out of it. So why not promote the heck out of it because I'm getting two bucks a sale right. 
I'm gonna post, 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 and that, that amount will probably overpass that other package of like just the one-time cost. So let's, do, let's use $200 as the example. They're probably gonna make way more than $200, um, but so is the company. So it's, yeah, it's costing the company more in the end, but they're making more in the end. They're so making more, yeah. yeah. And it. I'm seeing, I, I am shocked when people are now being like, we'll just do a one-time you know, thing. And that's more like on my personal blog. Food is different but um, everyone's going the affiliate route. Yeah. And that is such an easy way for these business owners to see the ROI. Right. Because they can see with it, if it, let's say that the discount code is Utah Grubs and they enter Utah Grubs at checkout. Um, they can see on their CRM, they're like, oh wow, we got 55 sales from Utah Grubs last night. And has that been, I mean, you being a real influencer with real followers, has that been more lucrative for you to do those totally. deals there? Yeah. Totally, yeah. I think so. And like I said, the more you want to, maybe like the higher the commission rate, the more you, and you hope you genuinely love the product. Like that's been my one thing from day one. Like I've probably been able to make tens of thousands of dollars, but I won't because I don't like the product or it's not something I would naturally use in my day-to-day -day life. Um, Which so would long-term hurt your brand. Yes, and I just think ability. people can see right through it. Like I was, I was offered, I think like $1,800 to post about these bottles when Penny was born and Penny didn't take a bottle. And I had been open about that a couple months ago saying like, oh, she will not take a bottle. It's driving me insane. So then to all of a sudden be like, you guys look at this bottle. You, people can see her through it. Where to me, I'm like the $1,800 is not worth it at all. So I think obviously looking at that too, but um, yeah, the affiliate way I think is kind of the new way. Okay, let's talk about, cause I like to get real like tactical. Cause I like to think that the, I don't know if anyone's listening, but if they are, I like to think that they're like just the hustling young yes. entrepreneurs with, like, yes. that are working on their startup. But just to me, one thing I've really noticed is the approach that myself early on when I was sending all those DMs or trying to get connected with those influencers or now just the approach that, you know, Rachel and our marketing team takes. It really matters when approaching an influencer. Um, and like my hot take is coming in with more gratitude and a, an awareness of how much value is actually potentially at your fingertips if you can get some type of uh, deal done um, is the best way to do it. So in practical terms, that means like when I'm, when we're reaching out to influencers, the best strategy I've found, and, and if we're specifically talking about thirst, is to go a couple things. One, super authentic, not copy and paste. So, hey, Olivia, my name is Ethan. I first noticed that you live in Mill Creek. Happy to be neighbors. It's so cool that we both went, are, to, Olympus. went to Olympus. Yeah. First, try to make it authentic. How can you connect with the person and not make it just a business deal? You know what I mean? Like you actually are appreciative of that person. And then second, I usually don't go in for the ask on the initial reach out or initial point of contact. I always just try to bring value. And the best way I can do that is in, in my model is always to sacrifice cost of goods. So I will offer any influencer with any amount of attention any amount of free product almost pretty much anything and sometimes it's like i think it's potentially could be super flattering sometimes even a lot of the times even with the smaller influencers when we're dming them and like hey it's ethan or it's rachel from the marketing team uh we liked we really liked how you did this post we just wanted to let you know if you ever wanted to come by we have a hundred dollar gift card waiting for you i hope you enjoy i hope you enjoy we didn't ask for a post and we're like how we didn't ask how much do you charge for this or like just ask 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 really just kind of connect and give has been a lot better approach and it just kind of ha 
having the confidence in the back of your mind like this is worth it this is the top value this is the top place of attention there pretty much is right now and regardless of what comes out of this just being associated with this person is going to be good but how is how has the approach affected the deals you ultimately oh it it affects everything and that's what i feel like you've done such a good job at is because i feel like you came into a market there's already a soda shop on every corner pretty much in utah and you're somehow being so successful and i think it's because of the brand and like how you approach other people um and i and i think that totally matters i think you want to find this mutual connection with them make it personable don't make it feel like another business transaction i've totally had copy and paste sent to me with like the different names and it's do you like, get them do you get tons kind of yeah <laughs> yeah um not so much on the restaurant side um really yeah i mean we're getting like like today we're doing a collaboration with 7-eleven like those kind of companies have it figured out where i think a lot of the restaurants in utah do not understand really? uh, 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 right now they're starting to get it a little bit more and we're starting to be able to like help I, I mean maybe this is something you and I work on is help coach these small business owners especially through COVID we want them to survive and unfortunately all these big corporations are surviving and you can't help but think is it because they have more marketing knowledge than these small business owners because they go to culinary school they're not going to because, business school because honestly this is one of the things I'm most just confused about is how how does my company with essentially two locations have less of an or more of an Instagram presence than some of my competitors with 30 plus and outrageous marketing budgets, you know, and it, you, you have to think and we both probably know if they were putting their dollars and time and attention in the right place. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think, I mean, we get DMs all the time, like, what's your guys' deal with thirst? Like, why don't you like these other? It's like, we love the others. We have established a relationship with Thirst. Like, and I love, like I said, there's soda shops everywhere, but I think your, your whole brand and coming into this game kind of a little bit later than some of them. Like you, you said to me the first time I met you, I'm here to be different. And my difference is to be the happiest place to come get yep. a, a, a drink and a soda. And, and that's the first these, post we did on your YouTube yes, videos. I remember yes. it was me smiling at the window. Yes, exactly. And that is the difference is, is you're trying to make yourself different in a good way where people feel that connection and they come back. Yeah, your drinks are good. Your puzzle bites, I eat them every day. Like they're, they're good. But you come for like that feeling of everyone's dream is to like walk into like a friend's type situation coffee house where everyone like knows your order and they like, feel like home. And I feel like that's what you're doing here is when I get up to the window, they're like, you want your diet April O'Neil? It's like, yep. And it's like that when people feel like home, they don't ever want to leave and go anywhere else. And that's where I feel where I still go to the other places because I mean, Swig is a lot closer to me than thirst, not by like half a mile, but I still go to those other places and I like them. I don't love them because I don't feel that like connection that I do at first. I want to talk about two things. One, let's get real practical in a second. And like, for a business owner listening, how they can work with influencer tomorrow. Second is what you're just talking about. Overwhelmingly made me think of like one of my biggest strategies, which is I don't know if you've seen, but like we are we openly support our competitors. Like you know we are sharing their fundraisers that they're doing. It's honestly because I just think that thinking that a competitor is beating me or thinking that a competitor is taking money out of my pocket is the most losing strategy of all time. There are so many people 
not I mean specifically talking about just Mill Creek right here if I were to actually go on the offense you know there's so many people in Mill Creek that probably don't know about Swig or Thirst you know and would be stoked to find out about them and then that could be a long-term customer for me and so I really don't spend any of my time or like mental or dollars at all trying to take down our competitors it's like one of my biggest strategies that I think is working well for us is like I don't focus on competitors totally no you and know? I love I heard um I have a good friend, Jenny. She started Fawn Design, all of like the diaper bags, leather goods. And I talked to her once because there was another company that was bigger and had more, um, like they had more money to do what she was doing. Um, and they started to copy her a little bit. And she's like, I keep my head down. Like think of a swimming lane. Like I'm in my own lane and I'm doing my own thing. The second you come up for air and see what everyone else is doing, you're going to lose the race. Do you know what I mean? And not that it is a race, but I think it's just sometimes you just need to stay in your own lane and not worry about what everyone's doing and support them and love them and we're all in this together and we're all just trying to make local businesses. At the end of the day, we just want people going to all of us then to McDonald's for their drink. That's <laughs> like at the end of the day, like we want to be supporting that. Yeah. So. Um, let's get real practical before like we even start to wrap up. How can, how can a business owner, whether it be they sell cupcakes or they sell something online and only have a Shopify store, how can they be connecting with influencers right now? Um, like, how, let's, let's literally, I want to talk about how they can find them because, so I'll share our strategy, what we do. We usually, we, and for sure at the start of Thirst, I did this till I couldn't stay awake at night any longer, but I use the search function on Instagram and I search by location and I just see everyone posting in there. So like, um, this is how we do influencer marketing at Thirst is basically, we use the search function on Instagram. We find people posting in the area we're trying to sell in. Top to bottom, whether the most popular or they're just Susie with 400 followers, we try to DM them all. Because um, influencer marketing to me is not just about- the, the, the amount of followers. The amount of followers. Yeah. It's about them, that person having influence in and of their own. And so if it's, if it's someone, you know, a couple, a thousand followers or less, we still DM them and we offer them a free drink because they're in our community and we, they're posting in our community and they have some amount of followers and they have a family they're going to tell about when they get a DM from Thirst is, is hey, the local owner of Thirst yeah. literally random me, yeah. DM'd me. I have 400 followers and they asked me to come in for a free drink. It was the weirdest thing of all time. That's influence. Them talking is influence. And so all the way up to you know accounts like yours, which are the bigger ones in our community, where we're still, again, trying to reach out and and in those scenarios, you know, we try to offer more, obviously. We want to give more value instead of a free drink. You know, it's scaled up to pretty much anything they could possibly need. Um, but that's our approach is pretty much always through DM. Um, or if we see anyone, like Rachel's really good at, like, if she sees anyone collaborating with anyone, we're always DMing them. We're always trying to catch people. Or if anyone's popping off, we're always DMing them, being like, we never want you to pay at Thirst again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What what's a good strategy that they can find influencers and, and be able to work with them? Yeah, I think that's a great way to, to use the search function. There's also like hiring someone to help you with an influencer strategy. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not like a saying. Consultant, yeah. yeah, like a consultant. And that's what I've done. I'm doing it. I have one um, client right now that I'm contracted out and I'm helping them where I'm analyzing their brand. And I think kind of the first step is who do we want representing our brand? What's our demographic? So like look in your point of sale and your CRM and your, all of your analytics and say like, okay, like who's coming to our location the most often? 
Um, obviously, think like we talked about previously is are they are you a local brand or a national brand? Um, but think of who you want representing your brand. Who do you want talking about your brand and kind of go from there. And so once you have that idea in your head, you can maybe write it out. Then you go and find those people in your community or online using the search function, going by location. Hashtags can be a little weary because a lot of bots, that's like all they're using are hashtags right now. It's a little bit interesting. But also, I think finding that first influencer that brings you tons of business and talking to them and saying, do you know who I could, could work with? Because for me, I don't feel competition with the other foodie accounts in Utah. I, I don't care. I don't think we're all like taking business from each other. Like you were saying, I do not care. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a restaurant, post about them, they call, they email me or DM me and they go, what was that? What just happened to our business? Like our sales, usually sales will increase by like 30% the following two weeks after we post. So they're like, what was that? And I'm like, okay, here's what it was. And here are five other accounts that could do it for you. So reach out to them. So I think also reaching out to influencers that do perform well for your business and asking if they have any referrals for people to work with. And it's totally right, especially for local. Like there's, I've said this before, like you are the perfect fit for my business. <laughs> the people coming, the average person coming through my drive-through is a very, a younger or older version of you usually, <laughs> usually. And <laughs> Literally. Yeah, mo yeah. If someone follows me, they're definitely following Utah Grubs because it's possibly where we got that follower. Um, so that's super important. Can we talk about like price a little bit, just so we can like see not not necessarily what you're charging for everything, but like how can what's a good way to judge price in the influencer market? So how much you would pay an influencer? Almost, like how much you yeah. would justify? You just have to think of the ROI and and some and hopefully. An influencer that you are paying has a media kit with those analytics, right. and you need to be able to go. And they've to come the, up with some way to yes, decide of, what's worth yes, what. Yes, of how many impressions are you getting on your stories? Yes. I think that's a big one. It's like, okay, let's say you're working with an influencer with sixty thousand followers, and they're getting like nine hundred to a thousand views on their stories. No, run away! Like that is not that is not a real following. Yeah. Um, so I think they should be prepared with a media kit and analytics to show you. On our end, this is what you should expect, the kind of exposure. And then you need to think to yourself, okay, what amount of money is worth that exposure to me? And then also don't be afraid to go back and be like, you know what, with the pandemic, with this and that, can we meet here? I, and I had a company or a restaurant a couple weeks ago saying, can we do half payment and half credit? Cause, and, and for me, I'm like, for sure, because then we have free dinner whenever I need free dinner, you know? So I think totally go back and do what you feel comfortable with with your business model. Yeah, and I'm glad you didn't say like a specific metric because one thing I feel strongly about is it really varies in the industry and the kind of collaboration that you're doing because exactly the way you're saying it, I feel like if I backed into a, if I backed into a deal from a financial standpoint, meaning like, hey, I want to sell $2,000 in beignets this weekend. I have $450 to spend on that for advertising for me still to be profitable. And I kind of back in and present that to an influencer and like, hey, I need to sell this much uh, of beignets. That works for my industry. The specific numbers work for my industry. And a lot of the times the influencers that want to work in my industry, that makes a lot of sense to them. And that was just like a total random number. But I think that there, it's important, like, it's important that there's no, like, the market kind of decides what the price is. Yeah, And totally. so it's different in every market. So, yeah, right? it, it totally is. And I would just reach out to maybe even, like, 10 and see what their prices are. Um, 
Also, a part of me is like, don't reach out asking for prices first, like how you said, like try doing a credit or something like that. And then, uh -huh. and then see if they're like, actually we charge. So I was, don't, don't, the companies that reach out right off the bat and are like, how much do you charge? I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. But I would have done it for like nothing. Well, and honestly though, one of the one of my biggest things too, and I'm telling people how to work with them is figure out how to how you can bring them value that makes sense for both of you. So if you're a bigger, if you have more money than you have time, it's a great strategy if you can pay them. But if for me, like I will do any when I'm as you know, especially early on when I'm balling on a budget, like I will do cater any event. I will spend any Saturday night that they of my own that they need for whatever to get something done to bring them value because you have more hustle than you have money sometimes, but sometimes it's the opposite. I can't let you leave without talking one last strategy, which is uh, how do you grow an Instagram account in 2020 right now? What a good question. It's hard. And it's hard to do it like authentically and not going the are you easy are you way out. Are you consulting with any brands that are just going organic feed or are you mostly doing Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, figure out, I think there's kind of brand pillars that you can set up and there's content strategy and everything needs to tie back to those brand pillars. I think you need to think, there's so much that goes into like branding and a brand in itself and I think in today's day and age you need to be yourself because everyone is out there, everyone's starting to get social media accounts. How are you different? Because your brand is different, your company is different. That's why you have a company that's set aside in your name. You have an LLC, you have it all, it's yours. How is it different than the other people that are maybe doing what you're doing? So I think getting to the root of that and making sure everything that you're posting is tied back to that is great. Giveaways can feel really great to help grow your following if it's with the right person. If it's with the right person and the right and, follower, right? And what is the price? Like when we do our free thirst for a year, it goes crazy right. because there is that. I don't know, some brands are like, I want to give away a $25 gift card. And it's like, that's great. If that's all you can afford, that's great. It's probably not going to get tons of traction. So try and go bigger on the prize if you can for giveaways. For giveaways, yeah. And one thing I want to say about giveaways is one thing that doesn't make sense for giveaways that I think some brands will get caught on is what are you trying to do with the giveaway? You're trying to get – what am I trying to do if you – like we did a huge, one of the, the biggest giveaway that Thirst has ever climbed followers with was the Disneyland giveaway yes. that you talked about. Which is funny because it probably equals less amount of money than like other ones that we did. Right. Had. It was just the idea of Disneyland and a flight right. that sent people. So what was it? it? I bought. I think it was 200 to Disney, 200 to Delta, right? Two, yeah. It was like, it was supposed to be like a flight package possibly and tickets it wasn't quite there on the flight package yeah. even but it was like a couple tickets worth a couple hundred bucks to delta and then a hundred dollar gift card or yeah. something to thirst it went nuts it went insane and we got like at least five thousand followers i think that got us to 10k yeah we went from like six to like 10.7 So one thing, yeah, one thing I like to remind brands about giveaway. If you're on the brand side and you, you're the one with less followers, you're the one with gaining the followers at least more. Remember that what you're trying to do is then have the opportunity to remarket for them. So the problem is a lot of brands will do that, and you've probably seen this. A lot of brands will do the giveaway with Utah Grubs, 
and then not post for two weeks. And it's like, what did you just get those followers for? Just because you have a follower doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're going to show up to your business for a sale. You, you now have the opportunity to remarket for them. So like when we got to 10.7, we were as far as content, going back to the drawing board, like yeah. this is our time. Yes, exactly. 5,000 new people looking uh -huh. at our stuff. Yeah. Like, let's go hard. Exactly. And a lot of brands don't think that. And not even with giveaways, with an influencer posting about your brand point blank, you may not be getting followers, but you are getting people just viewing you. Like you're just, okay, so I see an influencer post about, I don't know, a pair of shoes. I'm going and clicking on that shoe brand and I'm looking at them. I have like five to 10 seconds to decide if I'm going to follow them or not. Your page needs to be squared away and ready to go once that influencer goes live. It's like, what stories do you have up right now? What is your call to action in your link in your profile? What are all of these things? You have one, you have one chance. You have one chance. You have literally five seconds. Um, so, and then when you were first talking about like you being you, one of the biggest things I would say is if you do a big giveaway, at least this is my strategy. If you can't do it yourself, Get one of your employees to do it. Stick your face in front of the camera on the Instagram stories and tell your story immediately. Like, I am always, like, I realize sometimes, like, Rachel and I will look at the feed and I'm like, we need to just post a video of me talking. Like, like it's way too corporate-y and I, it makes me sick. And so, like, just put your face in front of the camera and tell your story. Like, I'm the, this is my business, this is what I sell. And I think that's what sells to me. Totally. And that, like I was saying, that goes back to the brand and those brand pillars. And I think one of first main brand pillars is Ethan. It's yeah. you. You grew up in Mill Creek. Yeah. You are the face of the brand. If your face isn't showing up at least once a day, three times a week, at the absolute least, you're going to start losing people and be like, well, where's Ethan? Did he get bought out? Did Thirst get bought by someone? Why isn't he around? Is, he, is there like drama? You know, it's just like... You just have to be thinking of that. And then the other thing that goes with that, obviously like having your page already, the other thing that goes into it is having people ready, um, whoever's on your social media marketing team, ready to comment back to people on like a giveaway post. Um, I think that helps a ton too, is like liking people's comments, replying and saying, thanks so much for entering the giveaway, we hope you win. Or um, I know when I posted about brands before, I get tons of questions that are like, well, where are they located? Or what is this or what's that? And I wish I had the time to like go and look into those answers for everyone and then I'm having to email them and go back to them. Have someone ready on your side of the brand that can make that connection with those followers asking questions. Yes. It's, and it's one of those things that's undervalued because so like we did a thing over the weekend where we asked for feedback <laughs> and we got so much feedback. Bad I, or good? But, well, mostly bad. Okay. 75% bad. I mean, it was... I was well, when people for, have something bad to say, yeah, they want was, to tell you. I, I was asking for it straight yeah. up. And I, was, and I told everyone, I'm going to respond to every single one of these. And I did. And we're still trying to get back to all the comments or the DMs. But to me, having, paying, you know, my highest paid employee to respond to DMs is worth it to me. Is genuinely worth it. And I don't think that... A lot of business owners. It's hundred percent worth it. Like, but my top manager, my top manager is replying to everyone's messages as they should. Well, and even like brands like Lululemon and Gloss Glossier is a big makeup brand. Glossier responds to any story that tags them. I tag them just being like, "Oh, I love this boy brow." They respond to me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool." They respond to everyone and these are big brands and it makes you want to support a brand like that then one i tagged one the other day not expecting i was just tagging them saying like i like this nothing and i don't think i'll ever get and i 
and it's and there's that connection that comes from being like, oh, well, Glossier, like that's so nice of them to like at least just like my message, yes. you know. And, and I mean, just imagine there's two brands. You tag them both. One responds. Like that's that is the one you're going with for a long time, ninety yeah. percent of the time. Um, you've got a lot of knowledge. <laughs> like I, a few people truly like understand. Uh, I feel like what's going on right now in marketing as well as you. So I'm super grateful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll come in any day and get my drink and some pretzel bites. Um, Real quick, just plug everything you're doing really quick. Okay. You're at Olivia Beth. Yeah, so at Olivia Beth is my Instagram, and that's, like, way more personal. It it started way before Utah Grubs even did, even though I have way less followers. Do you have any plan with that, by the way, or are you just kind of documenting your life? I just document our life. Um, I love clothes, which sounds so dumb, but it's like honestly a passion of mine is like style and outfits. So a lot of times on YouTube grabs, I get asked like, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that? And I just kind of refer them over to Olivia Beth because it's where I post way more of the clothes. So a a lot of followers have trickled over because if they like food and clothes, follow both of them. If you just like food, if you don't, you know. Um, And then Utah Grubs is at Utah Grubs and that's where we post food. and then, yeah, the company I work for full-time is called Tiled, T-I-L-E-D, and that's based in San Diego. And we make micro-apps for companies, so an app with no coding involved on the back end. Yes. So. I love it. Thank you, Olivia. Fun. Thank, you, Thank so you. much. That was like, I feel like... Your audience is really loud. Like, every time you're down, you even Sorry, play, you're in the red. Oh, no. You need to turn it down and push your mic.